friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host and it is so good to have you with me uh, as we explore discipleship and discipleship topics uh, together. And today I want to spend some time sharing with you just a little bit of teaching really that I shared during Lent. So during Lent I was doing these webinars uh, on discipleship and different aspects of discipleship in our discipleship. Um, and the topic that I looked at one of the weeks was particularly helpful for quite a few people. And I can't say that I'm going to do it justice today, quite like I did when we were doing the webinars. But I certainly want to share it with you today because it's all about failure and how do we recover quick when we fail. And um, look, this is not about guilt and this is not about shame and this is not about us feeling bad about ourselves. But there's a reality, isn't there, that we do fail. Uh, we make moral choices that are not good and they're uh, choices that will affect our relationship with each other, our relationship with God and our relationship with the planet. And we've got to take stock, be aware of those failures and then be able to turn it around and go in the opposite direction. Uh, and to make better choices next time. So in this podcast, we're going to explore failure. Why is it that we might fail and make poor choices? Why is that? And then how do we respond? Like, what do we do quickly to be able to turn it around? Uh, we don't want to keep making the same mistakes. So we're going to explore that topic today of failure and recovery. How do we recover fast after we have failed? So I hope you find this really uh, interesting. It's great to be back into the swing of things or uh, recording podcasts again each week. Uh, we've had a great Lent. Uh, Spring Harvest was absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you're a new listener, uh, joining me uh, since uh, Spring Harvest. It's really lovely to have you with us. And just a reminder, people don't stumble across podcasts like this one. and uh, They tend to stumble across podcasts by massive international speakers. Podcasts like this one, uh, you get told about it. Somebody shares it with you and says, hey, I think this could be helpful for you or this could be interesting. I'd love to encourage you to share and tell people about this podcast. Let them know it's here. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is not about uh, an international ministry or becoming known and that kind of stuff. This podcast is meant to just be a very straight-talking, simple and clear uh, discipleship podcast where ultimately it's about us learning how to become more like Jesus. Uh, and it is straight-talking. I try not to use the religious words and religious language. I just try to be normal in, in kind of how I talk about faith. So if you find this uh, helpful, positive, good, do share it. Let somebody know about it. Let them know because it may be helpful for them as well. So here we go, friends. Today's episode on failure and recovery. Wonderful. Let's jump straight in. So the key thing I want to say as we start today is that discipleship is not a straight line. It's more like a spiral. So often we think discipleship is a journey that's heading forwards. And with each step, things are going to become easier or things will take us quicker towards the end goal. What's the end goal? Becoming more like Jesus. Friends, discipleship is not a straight line. It is a spiral. Imagine that Jesus is in the middle of that spiral and we are slowly moving closer to Jesus with each step, but we're spiraling around him. And what that does mean, I find this really helpful. We do a lot of recovery work at our church, helping people work through active addiction. One of the key things about active addiction is you may have, let's say you've got a substance problem and that substance 
Uh, you get over it. You get clean from it. But then two years down the line, you find yourself in a position where that substance is there almost calling you daily, use me, use me, use me. And some people relapse uh, and some people are able to carry on and kind of get past that. The idea of the spiral is that you keep coming back to the same struggles and failures in our lives. Uh, But the question is, this time, are we closer to Jesus than we were last time? Are we going to deal with it better this time than we dealt with it last time? I find this really helpful when I think about my discipleship because, you know, I'm 42 now and after 20 years, more years really following Jesus uh, as a disciple of Jesus. Um, there's still things that kind of rear their head every now and again, every few years. You think, gosh, why am I back in this place where that's the thing again? And ultimately, this idea of the spiral is really helpful uh, because with the straight line, you leave things behind. But with the spiral, you can be in some seasons moving away from the failure and other seasons moving towards it. Uh, that's why I find this particularly helpful. So discipleship is not a straight line. Uh, it is a spiral as we orientate our lives around Jesus. And I just want to remind you uh, for a moment, if we're going to talk about failure and how to recover quick, you know, you look at the disciple Peter. Uh, here is a guy who failed a lot in the Gospels. You see him making silly comments, stupid comments. Uh, you see, you know, Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, get behind me, Satan. And G- uh, Peter just puts his foot in it all the time. We see Jesus denying Jesus Um, Peter denied Jesus three times uh, before his crucifixion. Peter was somebody that failed. And if we look at the life of Peter, what is it about Peter that makes him so appealing to so many of us? If there's two disciples that many of us associate ourselves with the most, it would be Peter uh, and Doubting Thomas, because we can really engage with the humanity of them. Uh, Some of the other disciples, they just seem to be too good too well behaved. They, they don't seem to say the stupid thing. So we look at the, the, the life of Peter for a moment. I think there's three things we can learn from the life of Peter that can be really helpful. Uh, number one, humility is key. If we're going to talk about failure, humility is key. Being able to be humble and recognize that we do stupid things and we say stupid things, number one. Number two, hope is vital. If we don't have hope that we can walk away and and, um, become someone different, you know, what have we got? We've got to have hope. And one of the things about Peter is at any point he could have literally walked away from Jesus and said, look, I'm absolutely stupid here. This is not working. You know, Jesus, you said to me, get behind me, Satan. It could be that point where, you know, enough's enough. I can't do this. It's too much for me and walked away. No, he's got hope. He carries on. He wants to keep learning. And then the the third thing is this, don't let failure overcome you to the point where it paralyzes you. And you look at uh, the life of Peter and it was Peter's failure was paralyzing him. He'd gone in, got in the boat and he'd gone back to the old gig. He was going back to the fisherman job. And uh, it was Jesus that calls him back and says, no, 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 we're not going down there. We're not going to allow our failure to overcome us, Peter. And uh, Jesus reinstates Peter uh, by asking him three times, do you love me? Uh, which is there to kind of mimic the three times that Jesus said he didn't even know Jesus. So I just think that that's helpful. You know, we look at the humility of Peter. We look at the hope in Peter, the failure and what we learn about Jesus calling him back. No, come back, Peter. Uh, don't let failure overcome you. So why do we fail? What is it that means we 
fail. So I'd love you to get out a bit of paper. If you need to hit pause right now, or if you need to open up notes on your mobile phone, uh, do that. Because uh, you might want to just jot down uh, some of the things that we look at. I'm going to use the word failure and the letters of failure uh, just to give us a walkthrough of why we may fail. What is it that means you make a silly decision? What is it about you uh, that means that you end up making that decision again that you did not want to make. So here we go. Why do we fail? So let's use the word failure. F-A-I-L-U-R-E. So F. F stands for fatigue and fear. Uh, fatigue, tiredness. When I am tired, I am definitely more inclined to make decisions that I do not want to make. Why is it that when I'm tired, I end up eating the foods I don't want to eat? Uh, when we are fatigued, we end up making poorer decisions uh, than when we are well rested. You know, often I'll say to my kids, you know, don't make that decision tonight at 11 o'clock at night. You're tired. Uh, make it in the morning when you've slept on it. Sleep on it. See how you feel in the morning. Uh, fatigue can often mean we make silly decisions. I have a friend of mine. I saw him one afternoon. We talked through a problem that he was having. And as the day got on and as more, he became more fatigued and tired as the day went on, uh, the decision that we'd made at three o'clock in the afternoon suddenly didn't look like the the wisest decision. So he decided he was going to deal with this problem by calling up the individual and arguing with them about it. Well, of course, at 10 o'clock at night, absolute bombshell, didn't work, ended up in a bigger argument. And he calls me up the next day going, well, I rang them and it, they, we argued it out. And I said, did it land in a good place? No, it didn't at all. Why did you call them at 10 o'clock at night? Well, it just seemed like that's what I had, I should do. You know, when you are tired, you are going to make sillier choices and decisions. It's better to go slow uh, and make a wiser choice than to rush and make uh, a quick decision. So fatigue can cause you to make silly decisions, but also fear. You will make bad decisions when you are scared. If you're filled, filled full of fear of something, then you will make a poorer choice. If you are fearful of spending your life on your own, single, out of that fear, you may get into a bad relationship. You may find yourself out of work and out of fear that God won't provide for you, you may end up taking on a job that is a bad choice for you. I have a friend who's took a job out of fear because he panicked and ended up in a job that was absolutely disastrous because he chose it out of fear. So fear can lead us to make silly decisions. So that's fatigue and fear, F. A, arrogance. One of the reasons why we may fail is purely from arrogance. We think we know best. When we make decisions outside of community life and uh, make decisions on our own, out of our arrogance and out of our pride, we're very likely to make poorer decisions. I know that when I make decisions on my own, they're not as good a decision as when I make them with somebody else because they can call out my arrogance. The arrogance that we think we know best, that I know more than you do. I watched an argument this very morning where one individual, out of their arrogance, was saying something 
very atrocious things to this individual because they thought that they knew best. And then this other individual that they were arguing with turned around and said, I have to tell you, I'm actually a GP and I know more about this than you do. There are times when our arrogance can mean we think we know more than we do. So fa uh, fatigue and fear, A, arrogance. I, uh, insecurity and isolation. Our insecurities can lead us to make poor decisions because we don't think we deserve any better. Our insecurities mean that we can think that we are not as valued or worth as much uh, as someone else. So we make poorer decisions on our life because we don't think we're, we're worth anything else. Our insecurity can leave us to rush into a decision because we, we don't think there's going to be a better choice coming down the road. So our insecurity. And then our isolation. Isolation will leave us to generally make decisions on our own. As I've already said, decisions that we make on our own and conclusions that we come to on our own are dangerous because on our own, we are only going to ever see something from one angle. Isolation leaves you fending for something or uh, researching something on your own. When we do it in community, we're going to hear more views, wider views, maybe more thought through views, and we may have different conclusions. So in our isolation, we can make poorer decisions. And I've seen this as a church leader this last year because we've all been isolated. There's been a number of individuals that have made really poor decisions for their life out of isolation because they've not got the views of other people. And you've thought, why, why have you got to a place where that, that is the best resolution to this situation? How could you get there? Well, you can when you're living on your own and you're isolated. Bring others in. So fatigue and fear, arrogance, insecurity and isolation is I, L, lust. Out of lust, we will make poor decisions. If our hearts are filled full of passionate fire and we are not in control of it, it will lead us to make moral failures. Uh, you talk to people who've had an affair. They'll often say this was not a snap decision. It wasn't a one-time thing. Over a long period of time, they had been lusting over and looking for opportunities. Uh, and that has led them to a place of then making a failure. The reality is, okay, I, we have this three-second rule. I often say to the guys that I work with, look, three-second rule. If you catch yourself looking at another individual for more than three seconds, uh, then uh, you're, you're failing. You've already allowed lust to take over. If you look away and move on within three seconds, that, that's the win. Um, lust allows us to just focus on somebody else and look at them for that moment longer than we should have done. And that's the beginning of failure. So lust. You, uncertainty or being uncertain. If we don't know what God thinks on something and we are unclear, it is likely that we will make a failure because we're making a decision out of poor information. So if we are uncertain and we don't know what God's view is on something, then it is, it is likely to lead us to a moral failure, to making a decision that, that makes no sense.
So F, fatigue and fear. A, arrogance. I, insecurity and isolation. L, lust. U, being uncertain. R, resentful. If you are resentful of someone else, what they have got, resentful of the position that they hold, resentful of the amount of money that they earn, resentful of the house that they have or the partner that they're with. If you're resentful of the life that somebody else has, it will lead you to failure. And I've got a great example of this. I have uh, somebody that I know who is hyper resentful of the life that other people lead and that resentfulness has left that individual um, just filled full of frustration and anger and that place that it's brought them to this resentfulness means that they now make poor decisions because they want what somebody else has and therefore they're trying to get it quickly and as fast as they can and that's leading them to a place of being uh, making uh, poor decisions you know if you want what somebody else has got rather than the long journey of getting there or praying about it is it even something you should should have the resentfulness that they've got it and you don't coming out of a place of greed place of pride uh, will lead you to make poor decisions i know somebody who has confessed to me that they have stolen things from others in the workplace. Why did you do that? I kind of talked through because they were said because they were resentful that those other individuals were living the life that they didn't have. So they would take things um, as a, almost like quick fix. So that failure, that moral failure that they've made comes out for, from a place of resentfulness. And then E, empty empty when we are exhausted emotionally and physically empty it will lead us to a place where we make incredibly poor decisions uh, we'll make decisions uh, and rush decisions because we are just burnt out if you are burnt out you need to recognize that the choices that you will make are not going to be the wisest choice uh, because you're working from a position of exhaustion. So being empty emotionally, physically, and spiritually, it's the idea of being totally bankrupt. You will make poorer decisions in that place than when you are doing well and you are filled full of energy, life, and the presence of God. So failure. Why do we fail? Fatigue and fear, arrogance, isolation and insecurity, lust, uncertainty, being resentful and being empty or emotionally bankrupt. Those things will always lead us to a place of failure. So then we have to ask ourselves this question. Great. OK, right. I understand now why I may fail, why I make the choices that I do. Uh, and one of the key things about that failure is uh, when you're empty, you you make decisions, even though you know they are bad and they are wrong, but you do it because you are just burnt out and you cannot see any other way. So when we fail, 
how do we recover? When we fail, how do we recover? So in the same way I use the word failure, this time I want to use the word fast. So when we fail, we need to be fast to recover, pick ourselves up fast. F for fast. Uh, F stands for focus on grace. If you focus on law, you will end up feeling um, overwhelmed. Uh, if you focus on the fact that you have failed, uh, you will almost collapse in on yourself. But when you know you have failed, uh, one of the ways to recover quickly is to focus on the grace of God, to know that God's mercies extend beyond all earthly understanding, understanding that God's grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in weakness. Focusing on the grace of Jesus will always help us recover fast. F for focus. A, accept the situation. When you fail, the best thing you can do is to accept that you have failed. If you're the kind of person that tries to squirm out of the situation, making excuses, well, that wouldn't have happened if you had done this. Oh, that wouldn't have happened if they had done what they said that they would do. Oh, this would not have happened if. Look, if you're filled full of excuses, you are not uh, you are not in a place to move on or to recover. You have to be able to accept the situation and realize that you have fallen short. You have failed. The quicker that I'm able to accept my failure, the quicker I'm able to receive God's grace and then able to move on quicker from that place. When I kick and scream for six months, being resistant to being honest with myself about something that I might have done, it'll take much longer to deal with and uh, recover from. When I say recover, I don't just mean to get back up and to carry on and pretend everything's fine. I'm talking about the recovery of my soul, the recovery of my heart, the recovery of relationships, the recovery of my relationship with those around me, but also my relationship with God. The quicker I can take responsibility, accept the situation, the quicker we can deal with it, the quicker I can receive God's grace, the quicker I can recover. So F, focus on grace. A, accept the situation. S, small wins, small wins. One of the key things uh, that we talk about with those in active addiction, focus on that day. You may say to yourself, I can't imagine that I'm going to be clean for six months. And we say, don't focus on six months, focus on today. Today is all you can control. Are you going to be the kind of person today that walks away from addiction and failure and walks towards hope today? Celebrate the small wins. At the end of the day, celebrate that you have got through the day and you've not failed with whatever that thing is. Now, when I talk about failure, it looks different for many of us. Those of us, if you've got a chocolate addiction, it's a daily battle. Come on. If you've got a porn addiction, it's a daily battle. Uh, if you're addicted to shopping, it's a daily battle. If your failure is gossiping, it might be that once a week you find yourself when you're with that particular group of people that you're failing. So the small win is, is, is recognizing that today I did not go there or this week I didn't do that thing. 
celebrating the small wins. The small wins mount up to become the bigger win. You can't be free from an alcohol addiction for six months unless you have gone through six months of individual days. Every day is a battle. Celebrate the small wins. So that's S, small wins, and T for fast. T is tell others. The greatest way of resolving failure in our lives is to let others in quick. The quicker we can let others into our failures, the quicker we can actually move forwards. When we let somebody else into our failure, it's like we uh, flick a switch. The light comes on and now we see clearly and others can see uh, what is happening as well. You know, anything that we hide in the dark is always going to be difficult to find. Whatever you hide in the light is easy to track down. So telling others allows light into the situation. So if you want to be able to recover quickly from failure, focus on grace, accept the situation, small wins, and tell others. And the key thing about tell others is this. This is where I'd put in repentance. When we repent to another human being, or when we say, God, I repent, I'm telling you, I'm letting you in. I'm letting you in on this secret that breaks the power of it. And it's in that moment we can start to receive grace from other people. We need to receive grace for ourselves, but we also need to receive it from others. So if you want to recover fast, yes, focus on the grace of Jesus. Yeah, accept the situation. Yeah, celebrate the small wins. But if you don't move to a place of being able to tell others, you are never going to recover fast uh, because you are always hiding something from other people. Uh, recovering quickly is about letting others in on our failure. So friends, I hope that you find that uh, particularly uh, helpful and interesting. Why do we fail? Well, failure, fatigue and fear, arrogance, isolation and insecurity, lust, uncertainty, resentfulness, being empty. How do we recover quick? Well, it's fast. Focus on grace accept the situation, small wins, and tell others. I hope you found that helpful. Uh, all of what I've said, you would find it in the Bible. It's all from the teaching of Jesus. I have just tried to uh, kind of draw it out in a way that's a bit more memorable for you. But anything else, remember that verse, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect when we are allowing ourselves to receive his grace. Let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we recognize that each of us end up back in that place where we cannot believe we failed again. Whatever that failure looks like for us, Lord, we confess it, we repent of it, but Lord, we ask that we would receive your grace. We would receive your mercy and receive your love, that we can recover, pick ourselves up, and continue on this discipleship journey. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, until next time, grace and peace. <laughs>